Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Today, we're going to, to discuss the subject of the eight, okay, eight gates of your mind. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would touch our minds with wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the formation of the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointed one active in our lives, and we give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and we all say amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let us go to the book of Philippians chapter 4, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There are some amazing things in this chapter. Philippians chapter 4, let's go to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through the anointed one, Jesus. Now, you probably noticed this, that everybody wants peace. We see the nation of Israel so desperately wanting peace that in previous administrations, uh, the leaders were willing to give away their own territory, their own land for the hoped promise of peace. And of course, every time that was done, it has not turned out good. But my friend, everyone wants peace. And we all know that actually as believers that we're supposed to have peace in our lives. I mean, no Christian goes around thinking that we're supposed to be in turmoil and chaos. We know that it's actually something that belongs to God's people. But the question is, how do we get peace? Woo, praise the Lord. Well, first of all, understand that peace is a fruit of keeping the commandments of God. And I know some people right now at this very moment who do not keep the commandments of God and they are in an absolute mess. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come they don't have peace? Because they're not obeying God's word and thus they are suffering the bad fruit of disobedience. Now, Psalm 48, verse 17, we like a whole lot. Let's read that one too. But verse 18 is the one I want to highlight today. Verse 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. Now we get all excited about that. And rightfully we should, who leads you by the way you should go. Okay. But let's also balance it with verse 18. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. But my friends, I tell you what, if we do not obey the commandments of the Lord, we can um, end up in a lot of trouble. And of course, anytime you're in a mess, uh, you're like, it's like saying bye-bye to peace. Praise the Lord. Now you can be a Christian and go through trials and go through challenges, but when you're obeying the commandments, you have that peace and you get you get through, you cross over to the other side victoriously. Now, I also like Psalm 119, verse 165. This certainly is a large psalm, the largest one there is. But verse 165 says, 
great peace, not just normal peace, but great peace have those who love your law, or we could say those who love the word of God and nothing causes them to stumble. Woo. Praise the Lord. All right. So there's two steps that put you on the consistent pathway to peace. What are they? Pastor Stephen? Number one is walking in the light and obeying the Lord's commandments. And by the way, have you ever noticed they're not optional <laughs> commandment? It's not like God giving a suggestion. It's a commandment. These are things that we're supposed to do. Just before I recorded this message, I had a, uh, uh, that I'm sharing with you right now, I had a phone call and I took the call and it's a, a, blo- a dear uh, brother that watches the programs. He's an online church member, ministry partner. And he said, Pastor Stephen, it has really come to my attention by the Holy Spirit that there is a, a certain uh, commandment in the Bible, and it's actually given several times. There's a, a commandment in Scripture, and he says, I've never obeyed that. And I said, well, brother, amen, it's time to uh, uh, get that one accomplished and get it done. And he said, I'm going to do it. So my friends, we want to walk in the light and obey the Lord's commandments. What does that do? It establishes us on the pathway of peace. And then there's the number two step for the pathway of peace, which is allowing God to put things right in our lives. So you can get saved. You're born again. You love Jesus. You're on your way to heaven. But sometimes the Lord says, Hey, that wasn't right. The way that you talked to your father, you need to make that right. So in order to have peace, we have to be willing to allow God to put things right in our lives. Praise God. And of course, this will all sink in harmony with God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, having covered that, let's move further uh, into the, fo- the uh, next verse. We're back to Philippians chapter four, and this is verse eight. Finally, brethren. Now, Paul actually in this remarkable letter that he wrote to the church, he is bringing things now to the climatic conclusion. All of the teaching, all of the writing has been beautiful. But here we have a summation. Finally, brethren, okay? And I'm going to show you what the finally is all about. He is now going to reveal the eight gates that allow entrance or closure into your mind. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, there's eight right there. Meditate on these things. Now, if you're listening to me on a podcast, I have been list, uh, lifting my fingers on my hands, counting off the eight that I just read to you. Praise the Lord. Now, listen very carefully. The primary path that is taken to get into your mind is through the ear. Now, I know it's possible for somebody who would be deaf and they can't hear to still have uh, certain things that form their thoughts through what they see, perhaps. And that, that can be effective what we allow in through the eye gate. But today we're dealing mainly with the formation of thoughts that come in through the ear. And that 
is how the enemy operates because he's going to suggest, let's say that you're physically blind and even you're physically deaf. He is still going to endeavor to send thoughts into your mind. And those thoughts come in through the spiritual ear. So there's a pathway through your ear. And what happens is that there's eight gates. And if the thoughts are good, we open each gate and we let the thought in. But if the thought is wrong, then we, it doesn't even get past the first gate. Okay. And so what will happen is that evil spirits, they sit furthest out from your mind. They're out on the outside and they're, what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to hang around the first gate and they suggest thoughts. And it's what you do with that initial thought that either shuts it off or perhaps maybe you open the door or, uh, excuse me, open that gate. Maybe you only open it temporarily because maybe you're having fun with that thought. But either way, we want to go across these gates and examine them so that every thought is submitted to these gates. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Our thought life influences our actions and eventually determines what? Determines our character. And our character really is who we are. Woo, praise the Lord. This is why this is so important. As we see in Proverbs chapter 23, this is what Solomon said in verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Guess what? As she thinks in her heart, so is she. Woo, hallelujah. So these thoughts that we have, what we think influences what will eventually become our actions, and then this eventually determines our character. Praise God. So we are a result of what's going on from the inside, and then it's expressed on the outside. Thank you, Jesus. Every time we meditate on something, we should ask ourselves these following eight questions that stand there at each gate. Now, let's talk about these eight today. What's the first one? What's the first thought that we should uh, uh, examine as it comes up to the first gate? Okay, number one, is the thought true? Woo, praise God. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, there's your first gate. There's your first gate. That thought that would try to come in through the ear canal. Maybe you heard something said. Uh, maybe it wasn't even said. Maybe it was an evil spirit suggesting it. It's going to try to come in through the ear gate. The first thing it's going to do, it's going to meet the, uh, as it comes through that ear pathway, it's going to meet the first gate, and the first gate is truth. So we have to ask ourselves concerning that thought, is it true? Is it true? Or, or is it a wild rumor? I remember reading the life story of Padre Pio. I probably have, I would conservatively say at least 12 books on his life. I've read all of them. Uh, some of them are 400 pages. Uh, a great prophet of God from Je uh, San Giovanni Rotondo, Italy, greatly used of God. Now, back in World War II, when he was in that little monastery there in Italy, there came a report to this remote monastery that, that the Pope had been captured 
and that he was being held hostage. And that was told to the men at the monastery, and that was told to Padre Pio. And when he heard it, he actually fainted. It was so horrible and shocking to him. Well, after he eventually revived, they told him, uh, sorry, it was a false report. It wasn't true. And that somebody had uh, basically told a lie, and the lie spread. It was a rumor, and the next thing you know, it's just going like wildfire through the country, but it never happened. It's not true. You know, I wasn't here a few weeks ago, but uh, my wife was here, and uh, she noticed traffic pulling up everywhere outside of our church property. We're right next to an elementary school. Right up the street, probably about a half mile, is the high school, and we're only a stone's throw really from the junior high. So we are kind of in the hub of the educational system here. So she noticed cars were just pulling up and parents were getting out frantic, hysteric, some getting out and just totally breaking down in the weeping, bawling, and crying. Kelly rushes out there to find out what's going on, and she gets the report that there has been a school shooting right up the street at the high school, and the report is that, uh, you know, kids have been shot and killed and stuff like that, and so there's policemen rushing in, sheriff, paramedics, ambulances, parents getting texted and called as they're at work, and it was mass pandemonium. I mean, it was, I mean, you got news cameras uh, pulling up and stuff like that. And so Kelly is, uh, you know, we opened up our property, opened up all the gates so that parents can park because there was nowhere to park there. The school was packed out and, and blocked by law enforcement and you couldn't get close to the school. And so the parents are in hysterics and Kelly's uh, just, you know, letting them park and she's greeting them and, and consoling parents uh, because they have heard a report that there's been a mass shooting and uh, wow. And so, I mean, th there were some parents that were just in total hysterics, weeping and sobbing uncontrollably. The whole thing was a lie. Some sick person, demented, perverted person called and basically lied and said, I'm in the classroom. I'm in the science class right now. And we've been taken captive and this guy's shooting everybody. And that, and it was it was staged as a really uh, realistic call, and so that call was immediately taken and given to the police. And the next thing you know, it's just it goes full goes, goes full speed ahead with uh, what everybody thought was a real ordeal. Not till later that we find out that the whole thing was a fake and a lie. The first question before you entertain the thought and let it through the gate: Hey, is this really true? Uh, okay, you know we're not we're not going to just like not move until we know, because sometimes you have to act, but um, don't buy things hook, line, and sinker until you know. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. You know, there was a um, historical event that happened some years back that a lot of people wondered what actually happened, and I couldn't help but I was kind of curious myself, but Unfortunately, the only people that could really know, despite all the wild speculation, would be only the small handful of people that were in that room when this event took place. And uh, it seemed like there was a firestorm uh, around it of like, you know, it was just a very interesting time in American history. Well, I kind of wondered what happened, and I heard certain people give their take on it, and, but they weren't there. And I never really, never sat right with me. But one day, I heard this one man being interviewed, and he told his side of the story, 
And he was there. He was actually in that room. There weren't many people in it. But he said, well, let me just tell you exactly what happened. And he was um, bare all. I mean, he told the whole, the whole thing. And it was, it was kind of like what you would think. It was a lot of ugly, a lot of uh, back and forth, people trying to save their hide and all of this and that. He said, well, this is, and he told the whole thing. The moment he started talking in the spirit realm, I started smelling peppermint. And let me tell you that truth is refreshing. And if you could ever get in the spirit realm through the Holy Spirit, causing discerning the spirits to manifest, you can actually smell truth and you can actually smell a lie. By the way, a lie doesn't smell good. <laughs> I'm sure you could guess that. <laughs> Anything of the enemy, if it's exposed, uh, there's uncleanness associated with it. Anything on the good side, the heavenly side, will have something of uh, virtue and beauty that's tied to it. But uh, um, you want to judge things by the Word of God so that you can, you can extract the truth. Um, a lie, you may not know it at front, up front if it's a lie, but if you continue to ask questions. See, tr truth, you can put it right out in the open because truth doesn't mind being transparent. Now, there are some things that are private that are nobody's business, but if there's something like uh, you know, public knowledge, uh, let's say you have a, a business and you have investors and you have, you, you, they have questions, okay? As much as you can legally say, you need to put that out there. There are some things that as far as stock reports and things like that, you, you can only, you have to preface those things. We understand that. But there have been certain businesses uh, lately that have gone bankrupt. And whenever uh, people that started asking questions, wanting to get to the nitty gritty, uh, please explain to us again how you're actually making money. And the answer is like a pitch answer of like a generalized statement that doesn't get into the nitty gritty. They're hiding something. And of course, we found out later, oh yeah, they're hiding a whole bunch of stuff. This whole thing was, a, was like a fake uh uh, set up Ponzi scheme uh, looking type thing. But by the time it's all melted down, a lot of people have lost their money. I was just told that one lady at one of the, one, a teacher in Charlotte had invested in one of these things, put all of her life savings into it. And it's all gone. She has not a penny now in savings at all. It's all gone. That's because lies were being pushed and anybody that wanted to dig to find out real truth all they got was smoke screen and mirrors. Those people pull back because they say there's something that's not right. Um, but others got swept along, uh, millions did, by um, the lie and by the persona of it all. But we really want to be people that, especially with thoughts, the first question is, is this thought true? Mm -mm -mm. And lies should be dismissed from our mind immediately. Do not entertain a lie in your mind. Praise God. All right. So number one is the first gate. Is this thought true? It's going to come up to that thought's going to come up to that gate in your mind. That is the external furthest out gate. And it needs to be very, very strong. And so if this thing's a lie, it stops right here. We're not going to meditate on it or dwell on it anymore. We're going to dismiss it and bar it. Okay. Number two, is this thought honorable? Some translations say noble. Is this an honorable, noble thought? Now, in the Greek, that word honorable means venerable 
worthy of reverence or producing in your life something that makes you serious about God in a very good way. In other words, does, does this thought, if it's honorable, does it cause you to be inspired to go higher or to just be mediocre or, you know, settle for less than status quo? Okay. That's what we're looking at here. Is the thought honorable? Is it noble? Well, not really, Pastor Stephen. Then that is the next gate. That's gate number two. And so it needs to stop there if it's not. Now, if it is true and it is noble, the gates are open wide. Come on through. Let's bump up the gate number three and see what happens at this next level. Praise God. Next question for the next gate is the thought just. So now we are at the just gate. Just is a Greek word that uh, implies that in order for it to be just, it has to be in perfect harmony with God's unchanging standards. Ooh, this is, be very careful with this one because there are a lot of unjust things that can even be celebrated in the church as being just, and God calls them an abomination. Pastor Stephen, how could we miss it that bad if God calls it an abomination, yet the church might even smile upon it and even open the gate and let it in? How about an example, okay? How about an example? And as I give you this example, you have to think in light of this, is this thought that's coming to me, wanting to be accepted by me, is this thought just? Mm, can I embrace this? Well, let's find out. Here's a good example. Let's go back to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 22, and let's, let's drop down to verse 5. Let me get a drink real quick of some good hot tea. Verse 5. I hope you're ready for this one. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. Okay. So we're talking about cross-dressers here, right? Okay. Nor shall a man put on a woman's garment for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord, your God. Did you know that there are famous celebrities, Hollywood and so forth, who made blockbuster movies by a guy who would be the main actor dressing up and in the movie playing the role of a woman. And I'm talking not just the clothes. We're talking about a wig, lipstick, and all kinds of other stuff that you know it's a guy, but it's a man acting like a woman. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm glad we don't have that in the church. You have Christians in the church that celebrate those actors who do that. They are willing to watch the movie. They are willing to pay for it. While they eat popcorn and drink soda, they, they are enjoying the movie of a man acting like a woman. Don't think that's not going to affect your thought life if you allow that to come in. Again, is this thought, this way of thinking, is it just? Is this something that is in perfect harmony with God's unchanging standards, God's unchanging standards? In other words, is this right or is this wrong? Well, if it's wrong, 
Why would we allow it in, much less why would we celebrate it? Well, Pastor Stephen, that actor who, that man that dresses up like a woman, uh, he's got a lot of money. Oh, so we have to kowtow to that because maybe if we do, he'll give us some. I'll tell you what, any pastor, any minister that goes chasing after, the, chasing after money, that's really a pathetic state to be in. That's one of the fastest ways to just quench the Holy Spirit, kill the anointing, is to be some kind of little donkey running around with a carrot being dangled out in front of you that if you accept this, we'll give you some money. Wow, it's sick. It's really sick. Mm-mm. And that's going on in the compromised church today. Praise the Lord. All right, number four. Wow, that third gate, make it strong. Now, if it's, if it's good to go and it's, it's just, it's right, let it in. Let it in. Welcome it in. Hallelujah. And then we come up to gate number four of your mind. May your mind be like steel, strong, like flexible steel, um, where you, you, things can bounce off, but you're not brittle. I mean, your mind is like uh, impenetrable. It can't get in. You won't let it in. Mm-mm. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Number four is the thought, trying to get into your mind, being presented to your mind, is the thought pure. Okay. In the Greek, the word pure as we see here, has a very heavy emphasis on the focus of moral purity. Moral purity. Praise the Lord. Don't let a single impure thought through your mind. I was talking with a young man the other day. He's probably watching this program, as a matter of fact. And we talked a little bit about movies. See, ladies like movies that are maybe have a romantic element, uh, you know, have like a sweet element. Men oftentimes like adventure type movies. But as he and I talked about, uh, all of the popular adventure movies, they're either rated R or they're, they're laced with profanity. Usually they're going to, they're going to curse God's holy name. They're going to blaspheme God's name. And most of them, they're just, uh, you know, there's nudity and there's, uh, there's great violence, great amounts of bloodshed. So if you listen to that and you allow those thoughts of impurity to come into the pathway to your mind, okay, through the ear canal, and it gets up to that gate and you open the gate and you're willing to let that in, um, you're going to have some challenges, you're going to go lay your hands on the sick. Not much is going to happen. Hmm. You're going to wonder why you can't hear from God because the engines are all gummed up, gooped up with goop from the world. Woo. Praise God. Is the thought pure. I'm not trying to play Holy Spirit. I'm not going to sit here today and tell you what you can't listen to or what you can and what you can't watch and what you can't. That's between you and the Lord. But I do know one time I saw a movie this was before I was married. I saw a movie. It was rated PG-13. And I came out of that movie, and I felt, I felt slimed. I felt defiled. And I had, I had just recently, before that, been baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And I came out of that movie and I, 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 I even sensed like an absence of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I came out of that movie and I said, Holy Spirit, um, that movie really offended you, didn't it? And I could just sense that he had completely pulled back and until I had repented and not just repent, well, I'm sorry, but repent and I'm not allowing that in to my uh, mind anymore, that there was going to be something I couldn't walk in, a level of the anointing, a nearness to God primarily that I wasn't going to be able to walk in. So I just said, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to subject myself to things like that anymore. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So these thoughts of impurity, shut them down. There's some people that let them in. I mean, they let them in worse than maybe um, uh, immigrants are trying to come in from our southern border, coming in by the thousands. It's like some people are allowing their mind to allow thoughts to come in, <laughs> just unchecked. Uh, come on in. <laughs> we'll make room for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But with your mind, you have to be very, very selective. And this is a gate. Is the thought pure? If it's not, doesn't belong, does not belong in your mind. Praise God. That's a big one. That's a really big one. Number five, is the thought lovely? Or as some translations say, pleasing. Is the thought lovely or pleasing? Hmm. We have to think about that. There are there are some things that if you see it or hear it, it's going to mess with your mind. Keith Green, the famous music, Christian musician that died uh, some decades back in a plane crash, and his wife uh, was notified very quickly that the plane uh, went down, and uh, she jumped in the uh, pickup truck, I think it was, and drove to the site where the plane had crashed, and she gets out of the truck, and she's running up to it. She already knows in her heart there's no survivors but she's running up to it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, Stop. Don't go up to that plane. Don't look at that. And she stopped and turned around. Because the last thing you want to see is the charred remains or the mangled remains of your family. Okay? So these things are very, very important. And you have, you have Christians that will view like uh, murder mysteries, and they'll listen to all of that stuff and uh, dive into all of that. Let me tell you, if you're in law enforcement, there's a grace that goes with having to deal with these macabre scenes because somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to pull the body out of the pond, right? Somebody's got to go in there and look at the site where something really bad just happened and there's maybe blood, stuff like that all the place. But if you're in law enforcement, there will be a grace that comes from God that goes to that man or woman that has to do that. But if that's not your realm, what in the world are you doing trying to walk in that? Because that's going to, that stuff is going to come into your spirit and it will work in your mind and you can have nightmares and you can have fear. You can have a lot of things that, um, uh, that just, again, cause it to be difficult to hear from God. Mm -mm. So is the thought lovely? Is the thought pleasing? Or is it something of gore or horror or something like that? No, then let's not let it in. Let's not let it in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Number six, is the thought of good report? Is it of good report? In other words, it is, is this thought bringing something that is a fair and unbiased review of perhaps a person or maybe an action or something that took place? 
See, a good report is something that someone or somebody deserves the good reputation that they have established. So that's good. It's a, it's a good report. They're deserving of that. You know, we're let it in. A good report. But stuff that's just constantly negative, you don't want to listen to that because it'll cause you to lose hope. It'll cause you to think that your faith is not working, that your prayers are not working, or that perhaps that God is not moving. So you need to pull back from that. This has been a real problem amongst prophets who watch the news so much. Now, it's good to be informed, but if you watch the news so much, it can affect um, your spirit. I'll give you an example. Years back, prophet Bob Jones, who is now in heaven, he, he had a vision, and in this vision, an angel from Russia came and talked to him and talked about the great revival that would take place in Russia in the latter days and how many missionaries would even eventually come out of Russia and go to different parts of the world. And uh, Bob Jones, his response to this angel was like, Russia, uh, you know, I thought they were going to like cause the end time war and stuff like that. And um, he said, I, and so he began to give his American take on what he thought the end times events would be. And the angel said, no, it's not like that. He said, what many prophets are prophesying is patriotism. It's not the true prophetic word. And what happens is if you listen to the news all the time, and maybe you love your country, and you mix all of that together, you're prophesying what you want God to do instead of actually saying what God is saying. Wow. Remember 2020? Presidential election coming up. If I would have if I would have said, I'd, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. If God told me going into that, that Trump was not going to win and that Biden was going to be elected, if I would have said that, there was not, there was not one uh, media platform that would have invited me on. Why? That's not what they wanted to hear. They so desperately wanted the outcome to be a certain way that even if God said it's not going to be like that, they don't want to hear it. It's not the agenda that they want, and they would, they would not, uh, they just flat out would not have you on. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, don't we want the truth? Oh, not everybody wants the truth. They want what they want, even if it's not going to work out like that. So that's why you have to be careful because if you're getting all this other stuff, it's going to get there. You're going to have a lot that's, that you just can't filter it out. So you have to be very, very careful because even if you say, well, I'm going to listen to conservative news. Well, actually all the conservative news agencies, all they're doing is reporting what the negative stuff is. They're saying now so-and-so over here and it's really pushing abortion and so-and-so over here is really uh, pushing uh, sexual perversion. And then they go into all the details of what's going on. Well, you might as well have gone and watched something very secular that would have given that to you or very liberal. So it's still just the same thing. It's all mixed together. So outside of events, uh, a lot of this other stuff, uh, it's just... Um, who is things that you don't need to hear because it's not a good report and it can affect your faith. That's the most important area of that. You got to keep your faith up. I look, I get emails from businessmen that actually are sincere. They ask me questions like, whoo, pastor Stephen, when I hear the news and when I see what's going on, should we just shut things down and go into like, um, kind of like, uh, just, 
you know, keep our money and hoard our money and maybe close the business down because this uh, what we're hearing is something but disaster upon disaster. Can I tell you what that is? It's called clickbait. That's what a lot of it is. And not only does the liberal left do it, but the right does it also. Why? Because they all want attention. Because what does that do? It creates more clicks. It creates more views. And it generates more money. It doesn't even matter if it's true or not. <laughs> they just want your attention. <laughs> they want you to watch their video. Truth is irrelevant in many of these cases. And, uh, and you know, those that we would say would be conservative in nature, they do it too. You know, so they play this thing. You know, they push this narrative of like, uh, we're not going to have any oil. In, in 30 days, we're going to be out of diesel fuel. Well, 30 days came and went. We still got plenty of diesel fuel. 60 days came and went. Still have diesel fuel. Now, did the did the president tap and you know, burn up our reserves? Yeah, he did that. But you know what? Still, you want the balance and you want the truth. Praise God. So again, if it's not a good report, you've got other things to be thinking on. and You got to keep your faith up. Okay. So let that gate, let that gate only open if it's a good report. Okay, next, number seven. Is the thought virtuous? Or, as we would say, or also as it's pulled out in the Greek, is the thought one of moral excellence? This one will really help you. This is a very important gate of your mind. This is number seven gate. In other words, is it an excellent thought? Does the thought encourage you to live your best life that God has for you. Wow, that's very important. Think about that. Is the thought virtuous? Virtue, you know, if, if you read the King James Version, and it talks about the woman who touched the hem of his garment, it says in the King James Version that virtue flowed out of him. That's moral excellence. Wow, praise God. So, is this a thought that encourages you to live your best life. Mm -mm. This Greek word for virtue or moral excellence was pretty well known back in ancient Greece. It was actually used a lot by Homer. And, uh, you know, he was that very famous uh, poet, Greek writer, lived in 8 BC, if I'm correct. But he used this word to describe military valor or great exploits. So when we think of military valor, we think of, you know, a sterling uniform with all the pins and medals all in order. We think of structure. We think of excellence. We think of exploits. We think of great accomplishments. So is this thought that's trying to come in, is it of moral excellence or is it something that uh, maybe makes you want to quit or settle for, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, you know, oh, I guess I'll just be like everybody else or something like that. Or does it make you want to rise up and do something that brings glory and honor to the Lord? Woo, praise God. Well, if it does, let it come on in. Let it come on in. Number eight, is the thought worthy of praise? In other words, is this thought that wants to come into my mind, is it something that deserves to be praised, what I'm being told about, or what's being uh, given to me? Or is it something that deserves to be commended? Okay. Or we could even say in the Greek, uh, is it something that deserves our applause? Hmm. This phrase, 
worthy of praise can mean that we are referring to public recognition of an individual or perhaps a group of people, maybe for an accomplishment they have made, something that they have done that has benefited or blessed others, or maybe saved or rescued others. Is this thought worthy of praise? If it is, let it come on in. If it's not, then let's drop it because we have enough good stuff to think about. We have enough goodness and beauty and strength to put within us. We don't need to put the junk into our minds. Praise the Lord. These are the eight gates of your mind. Now it says here, let me jump back over real quick to our text today, which is Philippians chapter four, verse eight. It says, meditate on these things. Meditate to meditate is to think and reflect upon. But here's what's so important about meditation, which by the way, meditation is pretty much lost in our American public school systems where I don't think the young people know how to meditate. They, they can think, but the deeper level of meditating, a lot of that has been completely lost. And I'm not talking about Eastern mysticism, uh, meditating where you empty yourself. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're, but we're talking about thinking and reflecting upon the Word of God, the things of God, or these things that are permissible in our thought life. So here's what's very important about meditation. It carries with it, in the Greek, the idea of assimilating a thought into our very being so that it aids in molding and strengthening our character. So you become, your character becomes what it is that you're allowing in to your mind. What it is that you're allowing in. This is, when you meditate on it, it goes deep into you and it becomes now a part of you and that shapes, strengthens, forms your character, your identity, who you are. Mm, wow. So that's why it is so important what we think on, what we allow in, and then when we allow it in, then we have full right to meditate upon it. Why? Because it's all good. It's all past the test. And then what happens? You shape and form your inner character through this. Praise God. And you could also see now that you can kind of feel the magnitude of how important this is, why it's so important that if it doesn't meet these qualifications, let's keep the gate closed. Mm -mm. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for the eight gates of the mind laid out by the apostle Paul as the climax of his teaching. Thank you, Father God, as we allow those things in that meet the criteria. We thank you, Father God, that we can meditate on that and extract life from it and be more like Jesus, be pleasing to you. And Father, if they're not fitting, even, even if our culture says it's okay, but if it's not fitting, let us keep the gates of our mind closed. We thank you, Father God, and because of all of this, we can enjoy true peace, true peace, because our minds are stayed on you. Our minds are fixed on your word and what your word permits and what it doesn't. We reject. 
Now, Father, we thank you. Strengthen and bless your people. In Jesus' name, help them to attend over the gates of their mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, if you're watching, if there's somebody watching, you're not saved, you're not born again, today is your day of salvation. I want you to pray a prayer and ask Jesus to come into your heart. And of course, you need to turn from your sins. And I want to lead you into prayer. If you're watching and you used to be a Christian, but you've backslidden, you've gone back into the world, you've gone back into sin. Today is the day that you need to rededicate your life to Jesus and come back to him and he'll wash you clean. Okay. So I want those in that category to pray this prayer. Now, if you've never been saved or if you fell away from God, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from all of my sins and also from all of my wrong thoughts I ask you to forgive me and wash me with your precious blood. Save me now, Lord Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. I fully surrender and give my life to you. Jesus, step into my life. Help me with my thinking. Help me to watch over the gates of my mind. And I give you praise. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. If you have just prayed that prayer, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. Why do we do that, Pastor Stephen? Because Scripture says to take communion. And if it's in the Bible, we do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And because of that, we enjoy the blessings of it. So grab yourself some unleavened bread. Get yourself a little cracker, okay? Get yourself some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we bless the juice and the bread. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. And we receive it as thus. Father, we thank you for the Lord's flesh. We thank you, Father God, for the assimilation of your word into our mind, into our spirit, and that it is making us more and more into the image of Christ. We are going from glory to glory. Father, we give you praise. We receive the Lord's body now. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's partake together. Some of you are doing pretty good with this. Let me ask you this question. I'm sure you could respond in the positive from where you're at right now, compared to where you were, let's say 12 years ago, is it not like you think completely different now? Yes. Why? Because you're putting the word in, but you're not allowing in those things that don't agree with the word. What has happened? Your, your whole thought life gets revolutionized. And I'll be honest, uh, I don't even think the way that I used to 20 years ago. It kind of reminds me of the man that now holds the world record in the mile in the men's 1500 meter run. And um, what was his name? I think he's from um, uh, Morocco. Uh, his name will come to me in just a moment. But um, any other time, I think I would remember him. <laughs> but, you know, there was a time, and of course, I think that record's probably about 25 years old now. But there was a time when he used to not win when he would finish eighth or he would finish sixth. But then there came a point he made some adjustments 
including adjustments in his training and also in his thinking. And then he just began to win all the time, win all the time. And there came a point, he said, you know, he said, I, uh, he said, I don't even think about losing anymore. That, he said, the way I used to be, I'm not even like that anymore. So it, there's transformation process. Praise God. Well, we're talking about something much more important than winning a little race where they give you a little medal or something like that. Even if it's a gold medal, whatever, you know, this is way more important. We're talking about eternity and us really hitting the mark and reaching the fullness that Jesus intended for us to reach. Wow. Praise God. And that lot of the success of that has to do with our minds and our thought life. And that's what we're focusing on. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we have a mindset that we are more than conquerors. We are champions. We're not victims. We're overcomers. We're the ones that rescue the victims and lead them to, uh, to Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for the beautiful power of the blood of Jesus, a mystery unto itself. And as we receive it, we thank you for forgiveness and cleansing. We thank you for right standing with you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus all over our mind, all over our brain, all over our thought life. Hallelujah. And we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus together. There's some of you, it's like I see um, barbs, you know, like a, like a, like a thorn and a thorn, uh, you know, when you stick, when it sticks in, it's got a little barb so that if it's pulled out, it tears or rips. It's like I see little barbs in your soul, in your, stuck and lodged in your way of thinking. Maybe uh, uh, it was done in a time of wounding or hurting, but nevertheless, something allowed the gates to open and the enemy came in and shot these thoughts and now they, they're lodged like arrows with barbs and if you pull them out uh, you think wow what's going to happen well the Holy Spirit is working right now to extract every lie of the devil every barb of the enemy's thought that was thrown in and they're being dissolved by the word of God they're being burned up by the word of God hallelujah the Holy Spirit is working on your mind working on your brain right now and you might even say, well, Pastor Stephen, I still have memories of things that I wish I could forget. Well, if the memory's there, it's okay, because the memory is nothing but burnt up ashes. Hallelujah. You've been forgiven, washed with the blood, and the blood of Jesus is the antidote to sin. It's like a snake bite when a snake bites, but if, if you have been, uh, if you have this, this stuff in you uh, where you're it can't do anything to you like a mongoose. A mongoose is amazing. It can be bitten by a king cobra. The king cobra can bite an elephant and kill that elephant, but he can bite the mongoose and it doesn't do anything to him. <laughs> Glory to God. That's like the blood of Jesus. The enemy would say, well, I bit you with this years back and it's not. It's like, no, 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 devil. The blood of Jesus has washed that all away. I'm a new creation in Christ. And even if I have memory, it can't even hurt me anymore. I've got the anti-venom. I've got the blood of Jesus. Amen. Flowing through me, flowing over me, all over my brain, all over my mind. Hallelujah. All over my body, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So Father, we just give you praise. We give you praise. I thank you that you're healing your people right now. 
You're healing your people right now. Thank you, Father God. Glory, glory. Anybody watching right now that would have PTSD, post-trauma stress disorder, maybe you're a former military, maybe you are in the military, maybe you saw something, uh, maybe a buddy getting blown up by a landmine, or you saw something that just shook you and something happened where like there was a fracture in something, uh, an area of your soul. Remember, your soul is comprised of what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And something traumatized you and maybe you can't, you've never slept right since, or maybe it causes a reaction uh, and you, you, it's almost like you can't control it. Stretch your hands towards uh, me right now. I'm going to release the anointing. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I release your anointing right now through the camera to that person into their mind. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release the healing anointing of Jesus. I rebuke PTSD. Be healed. Be healed. You don't have to live with that for the rest of your life. The blood of Jesus heals your brain, heals your mind from what happened to you, from what you saw or heard or experienced. Some of you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit now. Receive the fire of the Holy Spirit now. Those of you that are saved and you're getting filled with the Holy Spirit right now, begin to open your mouth and speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit is giving you. Let tongues come out. Let whatever the utterance is, speak it out. The Holy Spirit will give the utterance, but you have to speak it. Open your mouth and begin to speak it right now. Go. The Holy Spirit is healing PTSD. Jesus is feeling, filling his people with the Holy Spirit right now. Speak it out. Healing. Healing. Peace that goes beyond your ability to ability to comprehend it. The blood of Jesus all over your mind. Hallelujah. All over your memory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Those of you that have just been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can continue to speak in tongues and just let the Holy Spirit refresh you. Let the Lord bless you. Okay. So at this time, I'll say goodbye. Uh, but before I do, let me put up on the screen uh, ways to give. If this teaching is blessing uh, you, I would love to have you as a ministry partner. If you don't have a church home, I'd love to have you as an online uh, church member. We're just here to minister to you, get the Word of God into you so that you can have victory in your life. Amen. So that information of how to give is on the screen. Let the Lord Jesus continue to bless you. Pastor Kelly and I, we love you. We're praying for you. Our whole ministry team is. And this is your year of absolute victory. Now continue to pray in the, in, in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit is working and minds are being healed right now. As the Holy Spirit's also going to give many of you a scripture, a scripture of victory, a scripture to stand on in this moment as you're praying in the Spirit. And begin to pray now. Keep that going. And I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.